This podcast is brought to you by Ideate and Execute. Do you want to drive innovation in your organization, futurize your enterprise, ideate massively valuable new products, or execute them to market? Then contact us today at ideateandexecute.com and get started. Why listen to the past when you can listen to the future? Welcome to the Think Future podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation, startups, and the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Think Future podcast. I'm your host, Chris Kalabugas. And once again, we're coming at you live from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. Today, we got a special treat for you. We have an interview that I did earlier today with the founder of a website that I visit on a regular basis, phenomenal website. It's called Greatest Idea Ever. And you can find it at greatestideaever.wordpress.com. And it is basically a mind-blowing list of phenomenal ideas. I mean, if you've ever needed inspiration and some idea as to what's going on out there, uh, Craig Shames has developed this fantastic curated list of phenomenal ideas. So check it out, greatestideaever.wordpress.com, and let's go to the interview. Tell me about how you got into this. I mean, greatest idea ever is, I think, the greatest idea ever because every time I go on the site, it is just mind-blowing. It just, yeah, I'm always wavering between uh, I wish I thought of that to I did think of that, but I never did anything about it. And there's always something, like, really cool and interesting to, to see on the site. So how did, how did you come up with the idea for it, first of all? There's actually a friend of mine recommended it to me because my initial idea was to publish a book. Mm-hmm. But the problem with a physical book is it would get outdated too quickly. Yep. And they recommended, why don't you just do a blog, and that way you could do it every day and just constantly update it. And that's what I did. And I actually didn't think it was going to last as long as it did because after about like the eighth or ninth post, I kind of ran out of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I was worried, how am I even going to get up to 10 posts or get up to even 50 posts? And now five years later, I'm over 1,200 posts. There's just so many things to talk about that I, I really just can't even keep up with the pace of innovation. Yeah, it's phenomenal, and I love I love your writing too. Like for Thanks. example, the one I just read was uh, the Creative Outlet Mall. I love yeah. I love that idea. Is it is that something you just came up with on your own, or did you find that somewhere? Yeah, so I kind of um, write about a mix of things, some that are real and some that are my own ideas, and sometimes I get inspired by things that I see. But that was one that I just came up with on my own, and I'll probably never do anything with it. That's why I published them for free. Maybe somebody else out there would want to mm-hmm. capitalize on it or, yeah. you know, come true. I just like to get ideas out there, and, and then people can be informed about what's going on or, or try to build off what's out there. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I read that, and I thought to myself, that's a, such a great idea, but how do you monetize it? And I'm thinking the only way you could do that is to charge, like, a little bit like they do for workspaces nowadays, where you can charge three bucks an hour or something like that, but... I don't know if you'd be able to cover the cost, but it's still very cool. It's a very cool idea. 
Yeah, I'm not that entrepreneurial, so I don't, uh, you know, go the route of making the business plan or thinking, like, could this actually happen? Mm-hmm. I just think, would I want this to happen? Yeah. And then just go from there. What we need is the attention of some VCs somewhere to hit that site and go, hey, this is a good idea. Let's fund this. Let's fund this. And then bring you into the conversation. That would be great. Yeah, that would be cool. Because <laughs> I also have so many ideas, I could have never just picked just one to focus on. Right. So... I would love just to um, kind of be a consultant on, you know, multi- multiples of projects. Yeah. No, I mean, the ideas are phenomenal. And so where do you find these? I mean, do you, do people submit them to you or do you just uh, surf the web for them? Or how do you, how do you, how do you gather these up? So it's a mix. I actually had a friend from high school sent me an idea this morning. You know, hey, this is cool. You might want to look into it. So that does happen from time to time. Mm-hmm. But uh, a good resource for me, actually, is the iPad app Flipboard. Oh, yeah. And just flipping through there, and you get all the different feeds from different publications and news sources. And then that's where a lot of um, inspiration comes from. But then I just have you know other websites that I frequent, uh, find things on Twitter. There's just so much out there that there's really never a shortage of things to write about. Mm-hmm. Well, I notice you quote you quote futurism a lot. The futurism mag um, newsletter. Do you find that yes. a good source? I do. Yeah, I only discovered them about six months ago. Prior to that, Wired magazine was one of my go-to sources. But lately, futurism has been on point. They cover a wide variety of things, and they have a lot of insightful articles. They seem to be on kind of the cutting edge of what's happening. Yeah, it's very cool stuff. I, I subscribe to them too, and it's like. It's just, again, mind-blowing. Every day expands your horizons. I mean, that's what I love to hear. I mean, lately I've been trying to do this thing where, you know, you try to improve your life by 1% every day, and just reading something like that that just sort of expands your horizons and, and gets you thinking differently is exactly, you know, what, what you need to do. So that's very cool. Um, so can somebody submit, if somebody submit, finds and thinks of an idea, can they just submit them to you on the site as well? Yeah, there's a... Um I mean, it's not that smart of a website. Uh, it just has a contact page, and then my email address is on there, which is craigshames at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. And then they could um, submit article ideas. They can even do, a, you know, ghostwriting, you know, kind of a thing if they wanted to also. Well, what kind and, of traffic do you normally get? Um, it depends. Um, you know, probably, I don't say on average, maybe like 100 viewers a day, that kind of a thing. Um, I did a article a couple of weeks ago about the blockchain, mm-hmm. which is very popular right now. Oh, yeah. And that that one particular post totally blew up. Um, like on Twitter, it had over 600 retweets. Nice. Uh, which is an all-time record for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess it depends on the topic and um, and what else is going on that time. But I try to write something at least once a day. You know, that way I could always just, you know, if somebody just passing by, they might stumble across the site. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal. You're incredibly prolific, and like I said, you're a great writer. I mean, I love the way you, I love your write-ups, and I love your summaries, and I love it when you just have your own ideas and you and you describe them like that. Creative outlet mall. I mean, it's really good stuff. So I highly recommend it to every anybody coming along. I mean, is there anything recently that sort of piqued your curiosity that you'd want to share with us? Yeah, there's actually a few ideas just from the last week or two that I've come across that I think are really interesting. Mm-hmm. One is just from just the other day, IBM had a, their annual conference, and they announced what they're calling the world's smallest computer. 
It's actually smaller than a grain of salt. Wow. What can uh, it do? <laughs> basically, they want to use it in conjunction with the blockchain, with um, you know monitoring shipments. You could pretty much attach it to anything, mm-hmm. and then you could see, you know, you could track in real time where it is, if somebody stole it, if there's any fraud going on with it. It can monitor the item that it's attached to, and you know, it could pretty much be used everywhere. It's the idea of ubiquitous computing, mm-hmm. the idea that computers would be everywhere and, you know, tie in with the Internet of Things and just monitor and analyze everything that's going on in an effort to make our lives easier and better. Does it have – so does it have an array of sensors as well, or is it customizable based on what you want to attach it to? Um, well, for now, it's just in the prototype phase. I'm sure they're going to look into – into those options, but they say right now it can monitor, analyze, communicate, and act on data. It has over 10,000 transistors on it, so it's the equivalent of a, a chip from 1990. Whew. So it's not current standards, but just considering the size and how big computers were back in 1990, it's pretty remarkable that it's that advanced. Well, that's incredible. And then you tie that with uh, interconnectivity and always on and being able to report its location and th- things like that. That may make it make it really interesting. I mean, you'd never be able to tell. I mean, eventually you'd have to have devices to detect if these kinds of computers are attached to things because you'd want to be able to make sure nothing, no one's using them for nefarious purposes, right? I mean, you could have a bad actor buy a whole bunch of these and then attach them to devices and then you'd have to scan to see if they're actually there. So, I mean, it's it's really interesting that those that, that, that they've got it to that level of miniaturization. Right. It's, at some point, it would almost be impossible to detect if it's really that small. You can't right. even see it unless you had a microscope. Right. Very cool. And they just announced that? Just uh, two days ago. Uh, earlier this week. Awesome. Awesome. It, it was, you wouldn't be able to show it off, though. It's not like your laptop. Oh, here's my brand new <laughs> snazzy new laptop. You wouldn't right. be able, you're like, you'd have to sh- you're like, here's a microscope. Yeah, take a look at my new computer. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be very easy to lose. You put it in your pocket, and then you can't find it again. <laughs> Get mixed in with the dust or <laughs> the lint <Yeah>. or whatever. <laughs> you vacuum it up, and there it goes. The good thing is it's very cheap to manufacture. They said it would cost about $0.10. Cents. Oh, wow. So if you did lose it, you could always just get another one. That's, that's cool. That's very cool. I can't imagine how you'd program it. I guess you'd have to have interfaces and all that other stuff connected to it. You'd have still have your monitor and your and your keyboards and all that stuff somehow transmitting to it and programming it and or there'd probably be some bulk way of transmitting software to it so that it could go off and do its thing. So I can and, I can believe it it doesn't have it probably has, you know, enough intelligence to do run a lot of stuff, but it may not be as fully featured as a as a regular computer. Yeah, I couldn't imagine trying to type on it if I am my <laughs> my thumb can't even type on my Imagine trying to type on a well, keyboard that was that small. Yeah, it could be miniature keyboards and miniature <laughs> miniature yeah. screens too. Like, <laughs> oh man! So what else you got? So another idea I wanted to touch on is involving the Wonder Material Graphene, mm-hmm. and it's a water filter. It's called Grafair, and Grafair. It basically is made with um, a soybean oil byproduct. And it enables you to drink water, even from a dirty source. Um, when they tested it, they tested it in Sydney, Australia, just using ocean water from mm-hmm. Sydney Harbor. Mm-hmm. And it was available to drink right away. It basically filters out any pollutants that would be in the water. Whoa. Even even the salt water? They use the salt water or did they use fresh water? 
salt water. Wow. That's a real game changer if you think about the developing world and the problems they have getting access to clean drinking water. Wow, that's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, if ocean water is drinkable, if dirty lake water is drinkable, if you could drink anywhere, you know, think about backpacking and hiking, not having to carry in your own water, if Mm -hmm. you just had this filter with you at all times. Ah, for some reason that makes me think of Dune, you know, the Frank Herbert series where they're uh, wandering around that desert planet, Arrakis, and they all had these these suits they had to wear that preserved all their sweat and, and all that stuff. And they had to go through a filtering system for them to actually drink it. And this way, you know, if they, if they had something like that, then they wouldn't even need to do that. Like any kind of water, any, any kind of liquid could be used and put through this filter and reused. That's very cool. And it's, it's, is it actually in production right now or where, where is it at in the process? That I'm not sure about. Um, I think again, they're probably just in the prototype phase. Um, and just testing it. Because the thing with graphene is it's also hard to mass produce at the moment. Mm-hmm. So if this was going to become commercially viable and, and put out into the market, they would have to find a way to cheaply make it. Right, but it could be used in bulk situations, right? You wouldn't be able to maybe make, make a cup out of it, but you could take it to a village or something like that and attach it to a pump or or, or, or have it in a specific community or small village and, and have them run all their water through it that way. So it didn't necessarily need to be individual cups of it, but I can see how it, get, it could get to that eventually. Yeah, from what I understand, it does look like their, their first prototype is a smaller handheld item mm-hmm. that the person can then just scoop water right away and use it. So, do you know what else graphene is being used for? What's that? No, do you know what else is being used for? Oh, I thought you had something. No. That I didn't. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. I didn't I mean, phrase that properly. Like, is, what, else is be, what else is it being used for? Yeah. By any chance, I mean, do you know? <laughs> yeah, there's so many uses because it's um, stronger than steel. It's lightweight. It conducts electricity. So, they're starting to use it maybe as a computer chip replacement for silicone. Mm-hmm. Um, using it as a building material, using it uh, in this instance for um, making this water filter. So there's just a wide variety of applications, and we're just at the beginning stages of development. It was only discovered about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So the, the uses are going to just blow our minds once they come out. We've only scratched the surface of what it could do. Is this the stuff that they said was based on spider webs or something like that? Is that the same material that they're using, or is this something completely different? I must be, I can be conflating a couple things. Yeah, this is more of a kind of like when you use a pencil and what flakes off the pencil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're like very thin sheets of graphite. Wow. Uh, and they call it graphene. And it's super sturdy oh. as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's lightweight, it's strong. They said if you put an elephant on top of a pencil, the point of the pencil would not even. Um, like break through the equivalent uh, width of a wow. of a sheet of say saran wrap. If that saran wrap made out of graphene, that's how strong it is. Man, that is phenomenal. You know, it's the same, it's what William Gibson says about the future is already here. It's just unevenly distributed. So there it is right. in that <laughs> in that material. All we need right. to do is figure out how to how to manufacture it in quantity, and it, and it'll just change everything. Right, and whichever company figures that out first and uses it in their products first would have an advantage. Wow, is it patented by anyone, or is there is there like I'm assuming somebody who's whoever's creating the graphene now is actually is patenting it? Has it patented and protected? I don't think it is 
patentable in of itself as a natural resource. Mm. I think just the manufacturing techniques sure. that different companies are using would be patentable. Oh, that's phenomenal. I'm just thinking about like drones and all sorts of other uh, things created out of this stuff. I mean, autonomous vehicles. It's the you know the number of uses is just mind-boggling. Exactly, and there's other materials that are being discovered all the time. Um, this one in particular just has, it seems to have the sweet spot of most uses that we could, based on what we're currently designing with and manufacturing with, it can kind of replace a lot of the things we're currently using. Mm. Well, very cool, very cool. So do you have any other ideas? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like you had them. No, it's great yeah, ideas. Yeah, I mean, there's, where do you want to start? <laughs> Thousands to go through. But uh, I do have one more recently that caught my eye. Okay. Uh, Unintended. There's and there's two different ideas here. The first one is a new eye drop. It's called a nano drop. Mm. And the idea is that you would drop it into your eye, and it would heal your cornea, and effectively correct your vision. Whoa! So I wear glasses. If I put these nano drops into my eyes, it would correct my vision, and I wouldn't need glasses anymore. Wow! How would it do that? That's the million dollar question. <laughs> uh, that's my grade. But um, it basically just heals your cornea, and then um, they're also working on trying to advance it where it would also affect the lens in the eye. Mm. So it could be able to correct both nearsightedness and farsightedness. Are these are these some kind of nanobots, or is it is it some kind of material that covers? I mean, I, I really don't know that much about about eyes and how they work. I mean, is it like is it like when you when you repair a windshield? Is that is that how it works, or um, I'm not certain on the, you know, the medical aspect of it. Um, but I guess it would be similar to how LASIK eye surgery works. Mm. Uh, but instead of using a laser uh, to correct the eye, it would just use um, more natural properties that are just in the uh, in the nano. Mm. It's really fascinating. No, because it was if it was something like I mean I, I'm assuming that over time maybe your lens gets pitted or something like that and it could cause that kind of problem and then nanomaterials sort of smooth it all out. But if they're if they're uh, getting to the point where they're actually almost robotic, where they can actually go in there and correct things sur almost surgically at the nano level, I mean that would make it extremely cool and remind me of a Star Trek Next Generation episode where Wesley Crusher created a whole race of nanobots accidentally in a science project so hopefully that's not the same thing <laughs> yeah I, I hope they're not actual bots like the idea of these little you know robotic creatures crawling around inside my eye would would give me pause yeah i was thinking that too but then you know if it could also keep me alive for a thousand years then hey i'll, I'll inject bots into my body no problem <laughs> So you must be looking forward to the singularity coming up. In oh yeah, it's it's 20 near. Years or it's near, isn't it? Well, it keeps getting pushed yeah. out. I mean, I think Dr. Kurzweil is is like always reestimating when that's going to happen. So, so if he does succeed, or if somebody else does succeed, and you could live forever, kind of as like a hybrid computer robot, you know, would you want to do that? Absolutely, absolutely. Why not? Why not? <laughs> See, I'm 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 of the thought that um, if we if something like that is possible, then at least let's see if we can get it have it happen, and then we can always have the choice ahead of us. 
So if, some, if we can create this thing, I know I've gotten to ethic, ethical discussions with a lot of people at one point in some life extension things we I, I used to go to where they go, well, you know, what is it about humans? I mean, are humans supposed to live 100 years, 1,000 years, 2,000 years? And I'm like, well, let's see if we can figure it out. Let's see if we can figure out how we can live to that age, and then we can make the decision. It gives us the choice as to whether or not we want to live to that age. Have you ever read um, Ian Banks' The Culture Series? I have not, no, okay. but um, I'm familiar with his work and uh, the Neuralace. Right, yeah, so that's part of, that's one of the things he talks about in his, in his, in his books, but it's a super, it's a very far future society that, that he describes, and death and, and scarcity, it's post-scarcity, and death is an option. So if people want to die, they can die. If not, they can upload themselves into computers, they can create new bodies, whatever. So it's a super far future sort of thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, wouldn't, why wouldn't we want to have a kind of a world like that where it's not, you're not forced to do it, you have the choice to do it. So if somebody says to me, hey, we have this solution that will, that will improve your vision a thousand percent, but that means us putting some nanobots into your eye, you know, I might, might, I might decide, yes, that's for me. So let's, let's try those things and see if they work before we, we make a decision that, eh, you know what, maybe that's not such a good idea. Or at least give people a choice, right? So exactly. what was the other, is there a second part to that one or? Yeah, so uh, this one was from Google, again with eyesight. Mm-hmm. They've detected or found a way to detect whether or not you're at risk of heart disease by looking at your eyes. Huh. Wow. How did they do that? Um, so I think it's just looking at, you know, kind of getting behind the eye, um, you know, to look at the health of the eye and the blood mm-hmm. vessels. Because I think the way it works with heart disease is the eye, that kind of region in your brain that affects your vision, is the first region uh, to be affected. If there was um, blood flow, you know, um, blockages or, you know, um, kind of the first area of the brain that's affected when there's an issue. So they figure if you are able to look at the eye and then determine the health of the eye and you can see kind of early detection if you have an associated problem with your heart. Mm, that's interesting. So it's probably probably due to the multiple factors where you've got very small veins and capillaries in the eye that can be viewed and it can be viewed, right? It's something that you can just actually take a scanner and if it's high resolution enough, just sort of view the, 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 view the veins and capillaries or whatever it is that's in there and, and, and look at the structures and then make a determination based on that. And I'm assuming there's some machine learning and AI in there to determine what exactly. indicates a problem. Exactly. Yeah. It's just because the eyes are so sensitive that, um, it's just a, a great place to look for that association if there's any risk associated. Wow, that's very cool. That's very cool. So, so uh, is the website greatestideaever.com or greatestideaever.wordpress.com? Do you have the domain? Yeah, it's the second one, okay. greatestideaever.wordpress.com. Cool. Well, I, I recommend that everyone go and check it out. Like I said, every idea on there is incredible and mind-blowing. It'll definitely expand your horizons. And uh, that's it. Yes, thank you for having you. me. I look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Hopefully. Yeah, sounds great. Thank, Thank you, Chris. sir. And that's it. Thanks a lot, everyone. 
Don't forget to check out the site at greatestideaever.wordpress.com. That's greatestideaever.wordpress.com. And yes, he does take submissions. So if you come across any cool and amazing ideas, you should be able to find his email address right there on the site. So thanks a lot, everyone. See you next time. And until then, don't forget to think future. 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 future.